You are listening to Rumination Tuesday Law and Gospel, where we take a look at a hymn. And the hymn we're going to be taking a look at today is Evening and Morning by Paul Gerhardt. Evening and Morning. That is morning and evening, or I should say evening and morning. It is done by Paul Gerhardt. He is the greatest German hymn writer of the 17th century. Born 1607, died 1676. And there were very many difficult times in his life, mostly due to the Thirty Years' War, 1616 to 1648. But his hymns continue to serve as a source of comfort in hard times and a means of praise for Christians. They first appeared in 1666, and the hymn has been described as a splendid hymn of our poet, golden as the sun going forth in his beauty, full of force, and a blessed priest in the Lord full of sparkling thoughts about God. Now, several poets have translated the hymn. One of them was Catherine Winkworth. She's done a lot. Francis Elizabeth Cox and Edwin Massey. But the most popular and theologically most accurate translation is that of Richard Massey. And that was done in 1857. 
this is the hymn to be used for this particular Sunday coming up. So, Pastor Mark Smith is with us. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And this is not a hymn that I was that familiar with, Mark. No, me neither. It's uh, it's uh, not not very familiar to me. I don't think I've ever uh, I don't think I've ever chosen this for worship. I no. know it's the appointed hymn of the day for this coming Sunday, and I and I the reason being is uh, that I think it's the third verse where it talks about though billows tower and winds gain power after the storm the fair sun shows its face. Well, of course. Uh, that takes its cue from the gospel reading of Jesus stilling the storm. On the boat. Yes. Yes. Big, big storm. He's asleep on a cushion. Yeah, Boy. right. <laughs> that wasn't well, very he helpful knew, to the he disciples. He could, he could relax because he knew there was no cross out there in the middle of the Sea of Galilee. <laughs> so let's go with the first stanza of evening and morning. Okay. Evening and morning, sunset and dawning, wealth, peace, and gladness, comfort in sadness. These are thy works, all the glory be thine. Time without number, awake or in slumber, thine eye observes us, from danger preserves us, causing thy mercy upon us to shine. You know, I've been talking about how we do sermons. And it's a lot like playing music. In really good hymnody, uh, and particularly in pop music, the composer often goes up a little bit on the last verses, maybe a semitone, etc., and yeah. brings a brightness like the sun dawning. And yes. that can be also done with a hymn like this. Right. Yeah. The crescendo, uh, the crescendo kind of mimics how the sun rises. Yes. Yeah. I have really been a lot more, how shall I say it? Thankful to God for the sun. When we travel to church on Sunday morning. Oh, I'll bet. We leave at 11, uh, 3.30. It's not too much. Yeah, sun boy. Yeah. And way before. Day, daylight, yes. And and so as the sun is coming up, it really makes a difference. The first thing I notice, my high beams won't go on anymore. Aha. Uh -huh. You know, because the car is such that it's automatically going on and off, but if it's too right. bright out, it, it won't. And what we've also been noticing is the crops. I mean, they were bare fields just four yeah. weeks ago and now yeah. we see corn that's two and three feet high yeah i think the old saying is knee high by july yes in fact if you take a look at the um, readings from last week it talks about that the farmer plants the corn he goes to sleep at night he wakes yes. up and then there's corn that's growing or seed that's growing, and he has no idea how that happens. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, you take a little seed, and I, I decided I was going to grow sweet corn in the backyard. Well, uh -huh. guess what? That's almost <laughs> impossible. 
<laughs> we had done it. Well, go ahead. Well, the deer, do you have deer coming in your yard eating the, no, eating the seedlings? No, or? we got a fence around it. Oh, okay. But my dear wife comes in and eats it. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, it's the squirrels. Oh, the squirrels, yes, yes. Boy, we had grown it at the other place. And you see, you don't grow corn in rows. You have to have them like in a, a square situation. Because uh -huh. I didn't know this. The top half of the corn as it's growing is the male part. And it sprinkles down to the bottom half of the corn items that kind of help it to grow. And if you don't have them close together, that sprinkling won't occur with the wind. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. I didn't I know, know that. I know tasseling. I know tass the, the weather's got to be just right for, for the corn to tassel right. Yeah, if it doesn't yes. tassel, uh, it, it, has, uh, it does, isn't all that productive. Yes. Well, I, I asked one of our farmers at one of the four churches I attend, I said, how do the farmers keep the squirrels away because, you know, they have acres of corn. And he said, well, look, in your backyard, you may have three squirrels and they're going to pretty well devour your corn. But on yeah. a farm, you got four acres and three squirrels <laughs> don't make much difference. <laughs> yeah, those, those, the good old farmers, they have a pretty, pretty straightforward way of explaining things, don't they? <laughs> Not only that, but I've been really enjoying as the sun comes up. And I like it when it's cloudy because there's a portion of our trip where the sun's right in our eyes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so when it's cloudy, it's still bright. The sun comes through everything. Uh -huh. And um, this is what Gerhard is talking about. During the Thirty Years' War, it didn't look like the Son of God was very active. But whether it's evening or morning, sunset or dawning, guess what? Wealth, peace, and gladness, comfort in sadness. And where do we see that most often, comfort in sadness? Or at well, a funeral. Very good. Exactly. Yeah. And, yeah, no, uh, I tell you, I would, I would urge you to study the life of Paul Gerhardt. I've, I've read about his difficult life. You know, during yes. Thirty Years' War, he lost a lot of his children uh, to death, right. and, um, and yet he comes up. I remember reading an interesting story how even after all the funerals in his church and in his own family, he still penned that hymn, Now Thank We All Our God. I think that's one of his hymns. Yes, yes. And he explains why he has comfort in this stanza. Awake or in slumber, thine eye observes us. Yes. From danger preserves us, causing thy mercy upon us to shine. I was talking about recently, what does it mean when we tell people they're in big trouble, look to the cross? And the point I was trying to make is, at the cross, you have promises, and those right. promises extend all the way from Genesis through Revelation. And it's those promises that comfort us, because as Paul says, we do not live by sight, but we live by faith. And the word faith there means 
to be trusting the gospel promises of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And that's where we get comfort. Yeah, we walk by faith, not by sight. That is right. Stanza two, please. Okay. Father, oh, hear me. Pardon and spare me. Calm all my terrors. Blot out my errors, that by thine eyes they may no more be scanned. Order my goings, direct all my doings, as it may please thee, retain or release me. All I commit to thy fatherly hand. You know, this coming Sunday is also Father's Day, you know. Oh, it is? Yeah. So really, uh, uh, I, always, I always try to pick, you know, not that the emphasis is on all on fathers. It's, it's, it right. should be on Christ. But nevertheless, I always try to pick a hymn or two that mentions father in it. Yes. Yes. Uh, more and more people this- are getting together now for parties and going to restaurants and such. Um, in fact, at our church, it was just announced last week at two of them that uh, you now have the option of wearing a mask or not. Yes. Yeah, churches are starting to do that. I, I know the church that I spent 38 years at, they are, they've decided to, uh, I think they're having one... Well, they're going to one service finally instead of two, and they're—I uh, think they're making masks optional. I think that's what they're going to do. So, uh, but, yeah, but some uh, other churches are taking their time. Yes, and, and individuals will now. As pastor, yes. I'm going to be wearing a mask when I give out the Lord's Supper. Yeah, I and do too. I'm also wearing gloves. So and me too. You uh, need to be careful on that. But um, in fact, we just found out uh, two individuals that are friends of the church came down with COVID uh, just this last week. Yeah. So it's still around. Yeah. But, one of the one of the more one of the more difficult things I've had to get used to with this COVID is getting those rubber gloves on in time. You only have a couple places where you can do it during the during the service, and it, and it's kind of a struggle sometimes. Well, what happened, my daughter, she bought me extra large gloves. Oh, boy. And then what my wife does, she puts some powder in them. I tell uh-huh. you, Mark, they just slip on. No kidding. Yeah. So buy ex- they're hard to find extra large. Later on, I can tell you where she got them. And uh-huh. then you can also, um, like Amazon.com has them, put some yeah. powder in them. But uh, it's it's very important to do that. Now, you said you don't know when to do it. If you'll notice some of the liturgies, you can say the creed before the sermon or after the sermon. So every time we have the Lord's Supper, we always say the creed after the sermon. And so what happens, I'll end the sermon, say we now say the, say the Nicene Creed, and while the congregation is saying the Nicene Creed, Louise comes up and helps put the glove on. And there's plenty of time for that. Is that right? So yes. Just move, well, I, move have a, I have a spot in my leaflet. You know, we print out the whole service in the leaflet. And I've got it written down and highlighted. Uh, gloves go on. <laughs> oh. So as, so as not to forget. You know, it's a certain spot. In the but that normally is directions for the whole congregation. They all put gloves on? 
No, 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 no. Just uh, myself and uh, the elders that's assisting me. Exactly. All right, stanza three. Ills that still grieve me soon are to leave me, though billows tower and winds gain power. After the storm, the fair sun shows its face. Joys ever increasing and peace never ceasing. These shall I treasure and share in full measure when in his mansions God grants me a place. The reason that particular uh, verse is important to me, yesterday we got uh, consumer reports. You know, they come out every month. Yes. And they have a whole section on how to protect yourself in tornadoes, hurricanes, floods, and uh, fire. And they go through saying that if you know something like that is happening, they had, oh, about eight to ten little items to watch out for. And so Mm. those are ills that grieve us, but soon they are to leave us. And though the winds gain power, after the storm, the fair sun shows its face. The only thing I would say is that during the storm, Jesus, as the Son of God, also shows his face. Yes. My heart always goes out to these poor people when I see, uh, I see news segments of people uh, like uh, going through tornadoes and floods. And I think, wow, they must really be resilient. You know, some of these people, some of these Missourians, you know, they live near a floodplain or, or on the right. river. And they'll just, they'll just clean it up and, and continue to live there or rebuild whatever it takes. And I think, boy, that, that's not me. I'd, <laughs> I've often said if I lived down in Florida somewhere where there's hurricanes, all it would take is one, just one time having to, to, to nail up all that plywood on my windows. That, that's all it would take to get me to move. But these yeah, the, people are resilient. Uh, Consumer Reports gives suggestions about what kind of windows to use so you don't have to put up the plywood. It's, really? it's really pretty good. Got a lot of suggestions. Now it costs money to do some of those things, but if you're sure. in that area, I'll never forget during the great flood we had in Missouri, yes. there was a farm that had totally gone underwater, the house and everything. And the husband and wife were standing on a hill looking down over it. And they were remarking that God was with us and we will return and the plants will again grow. Yeah. Talk about faith. Talk about faith. You aren't kidding. Boy, those people are resilient. Yes. You have to hand it to them. And that's why he said, These shall I treasure and share in full measure when in his mansions God grants me a place. I, I heard a terrible sermon recently. It was a guy on stewardship. And he was using the parable about the individual who left and put his servants in charge, and one of them buried the money in the ground. And he said, yes, I know of a guy who went to heaven, and he was very disappointed because he wasn't given a mansion. 
he was given a shack to live in because of the wrong use of the money he had while on earth. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> and that was yeah, in a terrible. sermon. Oh, yeah. Forget about salvation by grace. No it's kidding. definitely salvation by works. All right. Final stanza four, please. To God in heaven, all praise be given. Come, let us offer and gladly proffer to the Creator the gifts he doth prize. He well receiveth a heart that believeth. Hymns that adore him are precious before him, and to his throne like sweet incense arise. Now, the question you might want to explain is, uh, what's the difference between offer and proffer? What's proffer, Tom? What do you think it is? <laughs> I, I, I kind of think of, of proffer as being kind of like offer. Yeah, it's very close to it. Glanly proffer. Notice what follows. We're proffering to the creator for the gifts he doth prize. So you're giving back to him gifts from you that he doth prize. Notice that none of the gifts are your good works. What he looks forward to, remember there's a passage in the Bible about sacrifices. God says he doesn't like sacrifices as much as he likes a believing heart. Yes. Because in the Old Testament, they were doing sacrifices not because of their trust in God, but trying to win God over, making a bargain with him and such. And they had turned the temple of prayer into a den of murderers. And therefore, hymns that adore him are precious before him. Part of the problem we have with a lot of pastors who are doing contemporary worship is they're not using hymns that adore Jesus. They're using hymns that adore us. Yeah. Telling what we can do for God. And it's all about me. Show. Yeah, it's yeah. all well said. Well said. Yes. Now, you're at a congregation where I don't think they would tolerate that. No, no, not at all. No, these are these are the people. They love their Lord Jesus, and they and they love good uh, traditional worship and hymnody. Absolutely. Yeah, the former pastor Steve, of course, was a member of my congregation, and he was formerly a Roman Catholic. Went through my adult instruction twice, and then he joined the church. But I often wondered if he joined the church because of my adult instruction or because he married my Sunday school superintendent. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real incentive. <laughs> yeah, but knowing Steve, it was definitely because of theology. And that really rubbed off on that congregation. Yes. And uh, I know they were sad to see him go. Uh, he retired, but they have you. And I know a lot of people really appreciate your sermons because they divide law and gospel and uh, if you want to hear Mark Smith, you're preaching there this Sunday, right? Yes, uh, 8.30 and 10.30, right. And the address? Oh, boy, you got me there. You know, I, I don't have his address, the address memorized, but it's on uh, it's on Highway 109. Yeah, out there Highway on the 109. Wildwood. 
not far from the Chesterfield Airport. That's right. Okay, thank you very much, Pastor Mark Smith. Uh, Tomorrow, we're going to go on with another subject. And please join us here on Law and Gospel. I'm Tom Baker. That was Mark Smith. God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.